You're listening to Latchkey Kids on the Channel 3900 Podcast Network. Here's your hosts Amy Poppinger and Sam Mulberry. Welcome to The Latchkey Kids. I am Sam Mulberry and I am joined by... Amy Poppinga. So Amy, I don't know if you're aware of this debate that's like out there on the streets, but is this show called The Latchkey Kids or Latchkey Kids? Oh. Um, well, we've... I, I think... <laughs> There's an answer to this question if you're curious. Um, the. It is. It, it, okay. The, mm. the, the, uh, the definite article, the, is definitely part yes. of the title. Yeah. Um, although, Hugh, I don't know if, you're, if you've are if you ever met Hugh. He's the, the voiceover at the beginning of our episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Great Delightful guy. British man. Yes. Um, he just says latchkey kids. He yep. doesn't say the, and yep. you know, we had... We had like 20 minutes with you in the studio yep. and like we weren't able to change it. So No, and I'm not – I mean, he's a busy guy. We're yeah. not getting him back. He yeah. was gracious. Yeah. So and, gracious. And he, he kind of makes it his own. And I you uh, know, yeah. I appreciate I him. I do too. I appreciate his work. Right. You should look into his other work. Um, I just want people to understand this is no different than you and I might say where we – I have to go to the hospital. Hugh would just say, I had to go to hospital. Exactly. I think That's it's cultural. It is. it is. Exactly. So <laughs> – uh, again, such a wild success. I do a lot of podcasts that I don't get any feedback from, and again, I'm people are people are loving. That's I, so sweet. I had multiple people say, "How did you do forty five minutes on just the phone?" And and that we actually finished it, and um, after the episode, we're like, "Well, we got it." I mean, there's so much more. To yeah, say. yeah. There's, there's like more bonus to say. content. There's we didn't bonus do. content on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, uh, we are titling this one. Um, a very special episode. Yeah. Uh, so, so excited. So when I when you hear the words "a very special episode," what comes to mind? Um, clear your schedule. Be home because when the very special episode of a beloved program is on, you've got to rearrange everything to be there. Well, I think that's something's an, gonna yeah. something is gonna happen, and it's going to touch us all. In places we may not be able to predict. I realize. Yeah. Don't think too hard about that sentence. <laughs> Especially when we Tuesday. talk about <laughs> when we talk about a particular very special episode. Agreed. Don't think about Agreed. that wording. Um, now, one of the things you said there's important is that uh, you, you kind of made the the reference to sort of appointment viewing. Yes, appointment uh, viewing. Because yeah. I mean, one of the things that we need to think about, and we, when we get into thinking about the 1980s, well, we need to remember that there was not the ability. There was sort of the ability, if you knew how to set your your uh, VCR to record a show, yeah. you could do that. But basically, you had to know when the show was, the channel it was on, yeah. and you had to be there when it was on. Do you also remember the stress of um, leaving, trusting that you had set the VCR up correctly? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I think I – I mean, I have – Memories of um, wait, someone should just run and and double check that. Right, like, right. Like but as you're backing out of the driveway, it's like who knows if anyone fed the pets. That doesn't matter. So let me run in and this. double check. Did you check? Did you set the VCR? Did correctly? you, Amy Poppinga, know how to set the VCR? Yeah, but we didn't have. But here's why: my um, grandfather actually was a professor of media at the University of New Mexico. Um, that's a whole other story, but. Um, 
because if you even just think of the word media, like now, what does that mean? But what right. media meant at the time was that he was sort of like my grandfather had three VCRs for different purposes. And he was like, was like so this was his, I mean, he had literally hundreds, if not thousands of VHS tapes. So we were all trained. Like if we were at their house and we were bored, he would just let us like take apart VCRs and put them back together and whatever. So I knew how to record. I'd been trained how to record. But at our house, as opposed to my grandparents, like we'd call my grandfather and be like, Todd wants to record this, but I need to record that. Like, could you do that for us tonight? Like, there was a service that my grandfather offered. Was like, I can record something for you, but um, I did not have though. Like, we didn't have a record. Like, we didn't have a fancy VCR where you could time the recording. Like, oh, you had okay. to like hit record, hit record, and probably record the last twenty minutes of Wheel of Fortune. Right. Or Jeopardy, I guess it would have been before the seven o'clock show. Oh, that so. makes me feel so much better because I was going to say I we had a VCR. I think you could program it, but okay. it was so like weird Ooh, how you do it because you know we're thinking now you know, like in twenty twenty one we're thinking about touch screens we're thinking about. Even just displays. Yes. I remember no. it had more to do with like physical switches. Well, on right. The thing. It was like okay. See now we got to stop this because this is. The VCR episode. Right. I mean, this is the VCR slash cassette recorder episode because already I save am. Save it for that. Save it you. for that. So let's just stop okay. right there. I need there, to say but, one thing before yes. we do, though. Um, I love the image of you going to your grandfather's house and disassembling and assembling yeah. VCRs yep. as if you were characters in the first half of Full Metal Jacket with their <laughs> rifles. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like that. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that definitely paints I a wish, picture. I'll have to see if I can find pictures of his whole operation because it is, I mean, it's very Doc Brown. Like, it's, it would be hilarious to me now to think that that was very high tech when actually now none of it. We, I mean, we would laugh. We would just sort of laugh at it. But yeah. So, so a very special episode. It's definitely yes. appointment viewing. It's appointment viewing. You've got to, um, and that, again, that takes forethought timing family communication Mm -hmm. um you've got to you've got to plan around it and also you can't have any conflicts right because again i mean there is one vcr there's one tv it is connected to so it's also going to take some you know it's going to take some compromise Mm -hmm. and some level of agreement with others now another another piece of a very special episode is not it doesn't just mean that it's a really good episode but in the no, in, in the yeah. in the parlance of the 1980s, a very special episode. An episode is going to teach you something. It's going right? to teach you something. It's about an issue. Mm-hmm. Issue to I mean you can enter. You know, there's there's a whole different set. There's all kinds of issues that we're going to see in very special episodes. But it was something there. But I do think it it implies seriousness. Oh yes, yes. Right? And we're going like, to like it's not a very special episode because it's going to be funny. Exactly. It's like it might actually be that the show is is primarily a funny show, but the very special episode means we're taking this taking this up a notch or down, however you want to interpret it, but it's something that's going to be serious. Yes, cuz cuz these episodes and and they tended to be sitcoms. Yep. Right? So so you go into them expecting yes, funny entertainment. So yeah. they needed to tell you, no no, this one's this a special is, one. Right. And there's going to be a point and 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 we're going to talk about a particular piece of of yeah. media here, right? There's going to be a point even where the the studio audience and the laugh track drop out of the yes, episodes. I think and it's like, no more of that. That's a super good point. There's no very special episode of Magnum P.I., Hawaii Five O, you know, Dallas. There's no very special episodes of those. Very special episodes are for, I think, primary, they're for sitcoms because 
we're changing a tone Mm -hmm. because we need to be challenged to see that our beloved humorous characters, they're real people Mm -hmm. with real problems. Right. So that's what, right. that's what the very special episode. And, like, like this is a challenge to us as viewers. Do you really love them? Mm-hmm. Like, do mm-hmm. you really love them unconditionally? And this was also because these shows were, were targeted broadly. So these were family things, mm-hmm. right? So they were targeted broadly. And this was really like, we're going to teach the kids something. Yep. And this is why I think this Co- is a... Coming alongside the parent. Exactly. I think this is why it's a, it's a perfect topic for the Latchkey Kids. Because these are the kind of things where it's like... You're probably actually you're probably watching this not with your parents, but it's like we're going to use this as a teaching moment, right? So, can you think of if you, as you sort of reflect on your childhood, can you think of either particular very special episodes that jump out to you, or if I may be so bold, things you first learned via very special episodes? Yeah, I, we didn't talk about drugs in our in our home a lot. It wasn't a subject that was avoided. I think. I I think that I learned, though, about drugs and the seriousness of drugs younger than maybe what my parents would have thought we needed because of very special episodes, I would say. Um, When it comes to highlighting particular very special episodes, I don't want to be inaccurate. So so I have to be careful here, but Mm -hmm. it's like, so maybe I can just be a little bit more thematic. Like, I feel like I learned about, say, um, the threat of date rape in Mm -hmm. a very special episode. Okay. And that, again, that was something I think that I learned about probably way younger than what would have been, um, what would have been something, you know, I'm learning about it much younger than it would have, say, been something I needed to be concerned about in my actual because there life. Because everything was general. It, it yes. wasn't like, well, this is for the kids this age to this age. It was like, right. this is for everybody. So yep. there were some, yeah, yep. there were some, some pretty hard-hitting things. And sometimes the language of these things would go over my head, but I could tell it was serious. And it's oh, almost yeah. like you're straining to be like, what, what are they talking about? Yeah. Because they didn't want to just, they couldn't they go all the, the nail, way. They didn't hit, it hit the nail on the head. You know, it was like, it was hinted at and then, and then slowly sort of revealed, but also never really in gratuitous ways. I mean, it was never, well, ex- well, <laughs> there's some exceptions to yes, that, yes. I suppose. Yes. But what about you? Like, do you remember being exposed yeah, to and something? I'm, oh, man, you keep using verbs that are, sorry, that are really problematic. Well, because because I want to... Don't, pl- don't listen to this after 9 p.m. If okay. you don't listen to it, at, if, you, if you were a dedicated <laughs> listener, you'll know okay. what I'm saying in that yes. right now. <laughs> so, so I want to point out words that you used in this episode already, because I want to talk about it. And I don't want to get into it. There's a reason we didn't pick this piece of media, because like I don't want to talk about I know, it. I know. Because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of traumatizing, even though it was supposed to be teaching me. You've said how these shows touch us in ways and places we didn't expect. You said exposed. <laughs> I know. It's I'm the sorry. Bicycle Man episode of Different Strokes. Is the like <laughs> okay? That, that is the like uh, quintessential a very special episode. And I I remember not both. I saw that young enough because I love Different Strokes. Oh, yeah. I love Different Strokes, strokes too. I saw that a little too young to, like, fully understand what was going on. But I knew that I was, like, I was worried about something. But it's, like, it didn't tell me enough to know what to be concerned about. Because they – so, I mean, it it is about – it is about uh, Dudley and Arnold getting kind of seduced by a child molester. Yep. Again, this is a family sitcom. And it was a a very serious episode. And I remember that is that is the my version of learning about something. I didn't know that was a thing, and I learned yeah. about it that way. 
And then it just made me worried, and I didn't quite know what I was supposed to be worried about. But it's like I knew the signs of that I should be worried, but I, but I didn't. It didn't all get laid out. You know, I remember that episode, and um, what strikes me about that now, which I actually think is such a, I guess I'm, I'm going to call it a, a good thing. I think it was very wise. Is that um, obviously child molestation is a, a horrible thing, but we tend to, I think, sometimes um, overprotect girls and not talk to boys as much. So I'm actually kind of thinking about that now, going. Way to go, different strokes, because it was um, pushing that across. Uh, th- this isn't about gender; these are mm-hmm. sort of universal, universal concerns. Like, just like my liter, I'm kind of looking off into the distance and thinking, "Way to go, different strokes." Yeah. So yeah, no, I, like, I, and and I so we're having some fun here too. But like, I know, but like, right? yeah. but that that was one where it's like, okay, I I I, I kind of walked out feeling like I need to learn a little bit yeah. more because. That was really concerning. There were tons about drugs. I think yes, every, drugs is the main one for sure because it's the 1980s, yeah. right? You have so we need to contextualize this. You have dare dare Nancy the war Reagan on drugs, just say um, no. Mother mothers against drugs. Oh, that's drug drugs. Yeah, I'm sure. But I'm drugs sure. and alcohol. They're drugs all, and alcohol in general. Yeah. And yeah. I think we were definitely a generation. And I don't know how much. Uh, it's funny because we even have. We each have kids, and I want to yep. think about what our kids see. Like, I feel like we were mainlined uh, <laughs> drug reference, right? Um, yeah, nice. Uh, right. <laughs> we we were mainlined anti drug. I mean, like there were so many commercials yes. about it. There was dare programs in our school. There was the first lady, and then there were all there was a different strokes episode that had Nancy Reagan on it. Yes, there was a growing pains episode about drugs. drugs. There's mm-hmm. a family ties episode, episode about drugs, and it just keeps like it just those got those hit really really hard uh, to the point where I will say I walked out of the 1980s terrified. Of I was drugs. terrified of drugs and littering. Yes, those were the two. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Like the, um, you just what littering meant, and um, my my brother and I still talk about this that to this day that we are the most judgmental of. We try really hard not to be judgmental because um, we're all human. But um, but if you litter, I just I yeah. can't I can't I think so little of I think so literal little of you. Yeah, yeah. I have because I have a little woodsy owl on my shoulder well, saying right. give a hoot, don't pollute. Right. right, you do exactly, and you've got Smokey the Bear there saying be careful of forest fires and don't leave your trash. That's exactly. going to contribute. So anyway, I don't remember any very special episodes about that, but that was a big thing. Yes, like don't drugs, and then also I will say, um, and again, this was probably exposure too early, but. Episodes about not having sex till you're ready, I would say, was like the theme. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember very special episodes about the choice of abstinence per se. It was more like um, b- being it, taking some agency and deciding if that's mm-hmm. where a relationship mm-hmm. was headed. And I can think off of my head now of a number of shows where mm-hmm. that, like, Family Ties had an episode about that. Um, Facts of Life had an episode about that. Growing Pains had an episode about that. So that was definitely something that came up a lot, too. Oh, there's a great Webster episode about drugs, too. I just need to say, oh, I loved Webster. Golly, I haven't thought about Webster in a really long time. But or it was Silver Spoon. But see, they put a spin on that. Webster put a spin on it because <clears throat> Webster. Do you remember? Did, were you a Webster fan? Yeah. Okay. Webster. This was a very special episode of Webster. Webster had uh, his, his. He was an orphan because the '80s were full of orphans, right? Um, and his so his parents were dead, but he had an uncle who was played by yep. Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen. Right. Yep. And uh, th- 
you know, there's a there's a racial component to Webster because he's a, a African American child who's adopted by a white couple. Yep. Um, so this is also a also typical a thing 80s. in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Webster's adoptive parents, Mam and George, um, found that Webster's uncle, who they weren't quite sure what to make of, that he had a little case full of um, syringes and vials and syringes. And there was this big thing about how they confronted him as a drug user and all this stuff. And then it turns out he was a diabetic. diabetic. And it, so it was like a double twist. Like M. Night Shyamalan wrote that episode. Like it just <laughs> kept twisting. And I remember then I was like, wait a minute. Don't use drugs, but what's diabetes? Right. Like, like I was Don't like, leave I, me hanging. yeah, they didn't they didn't get into that enough, and yeah. I did, but that definitely had an had an impact on me and an effect on. Me. And there was no very special episode about um, Ben Vereen's diabetes. No, no. well, that was so, the very special. Well, that's episode. what I mean, like <laughs> right. you know, but like there was no follow two. up episode to educate us about that. Right, right, right. Oh my goodness. So, Amy, we watched a very special episode for this week, um, which was super fun. Yeah, yeah. I and, and it's it's fun for for a number of reasons. So, uh, it was an episode of Family Ties from season two of Family yep. Ties. So, before we get into the specifics of the of this episode. What's your relationship to Family Ties? Um, I loved Family Ties very much. I would say that while something that, you know, I think of my most beloved sitcoms are ones where I can easily sing the song because the opening, um, the opening sequence of a show for me was my favorite part. I, that's actually one of my favorite things about television in the 80s was um, – and I find out that, you know, well, what did I actually love? I actually loved songs, turns out, written by Alan Thicke is mm-hmm. what I, you know, sure. ultimately loved. But um, I – I loved the openings of these shows. And so missing the opening of the show would be very ups- – it was upsetting to me. It's like I needed the experience of getting to sing along and then to see all the pictures. Um, and early Family Ties was when they had like the portraiture, like the – like. That's like – yeah, season two, the, the portrait comes in. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I don't even – Se- think- Season one – okay, I am a Family I know. Ties scholar. I don't I think, apologize. I know. I don't this. think I started watching Family Ties till season two. Well, I want to get into that too yeah. because this show – We were really This young. show premieres in 1982. So I will say, even this episode we're going to talk about, which which uh, came out in January of 1984, I'm sure I wasn't watching Family Ties at age seven. No, but this was a show that was on syndication and reruns, yes. and I so I've seen this episode hundreds of times. I'm sure. So the so the this is the other great thing about the TV show intros is they would often change each season. Yes. Or like occasionally change, you know, after a few seasons. So I think the first season it was. More pictures of Steve, Stephen, and Elise. Oh, that's Keaton right. Like when they were like, like they're a couple. Yeah, they're they're sort of early pre-family story. Because this show was originally intended to yeah. be about the parents. Yes, but audiences fell in love with particularly one of the children, yes. uh, Alex, Alex, played P. by yeah, Michael J. Fox. Right. So, so Alex then the, P. Keaton. That's right. Played by Michael J. Fox. So then the uh, the the sort of tone of the show shifts as it gets into season two, and then season two has the portrait, and that they stick with that for yeah. a while. Well, and the, but then it like don't they update? I mean, it gets updated over time as the storyline grows and the characters. Right. Right. And I think older. I think they replace the portrait when they have a kid. When yes. they have a, the. The fourth kid. Which is such an 80s move. Yes, again, it is. By the way. Yes, 80s sitcom move. <laughs> Whether it's actually having another child or like another a kid, kid lives, just kind of works com- their way works into their, their life. Works their way and comes yeah. to live with you. Sometimes that child is Leonardo DiCaprio. Sometimes it is. <laughs> in uh, in the case the, of in Growing, growing Pains. pains. 
<laughs> that's so funny. I mean, that's just a um, that is funny to me now to think that that was just like a network trick. They were like, "Listen, the show's going well. You know, we love it, but we're on to season five here, and we're gonna need to eat. we're gonna need to bring a kid on. And yeah. in your case, it's gonna be the circus came through town. They yeah. left this. Kid. It's just it's trying to inject life. Yep, into... that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when you when you turned on this episode yeah. and you the first thing you hear is the opening bars of uh, "Without Us." Uh-huh. Um, what was like your your physical response oh, to like hearing heart that? Warm, like yeah. a warming in the heart, like a, a um, definitely sort of a. Um, you know, um, Methodist, like, <laughs> yeah. a warming of the heart. I mean, I just, Family Ties was just super enjoyable to me. I mean, like, just enjoy, you know, and mm-hmm. and just, um, it just hit a pleasure sensor. You mm-hmm. know, I know, again, I'm just. Well, this is probably, mm-hmm. this is probably my favorite show during the 1980s. I'm going to agree with that. And even though I feel like, for example, I really did, I really liked Facts of Life, which had these ties to different strokes, you know, mm-hmm. um, but Family Ties was my consistent favorite. And then Growing Pains for me kind of becomes a, a second favorite, but partially because there were a lot of elements, I mean, Alan Thick aside, mm-hmm. there were elements of Growing Pains that were very reminiscent, very felt Family ties mm-hmm. Yep, Yeah, they basically took the model they and did. said, what and if just we said, just tweak it in a couple different yep, ways, Yep. Um, you know, to, to to sort of think through that. So the, for those of you who haven't seen Family Ties, oh. the, the rough conceit of the show or the, the, the setup of the show, it's a family sitcom, but the parents are 1980s. In, in the 80s, they're probably in their 40s, mm-hmm. and they are uh, post-hippies, yep. right? So these, are, these were – idealistic um we're gonna change the world um and unlike the post hippies who like then became yuppies these were like the hippies who held on to those to those to those feelings much to the embarrassment of their children and you know that they held held strong to this in their life they live in ohio Mm -hmm. yep and 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 he works for a public uh, TV station. Yes. <laughs> so like very very, and she's an architect, right. or eventually becomes an, an architect. architect again, right? But like you can tell that they probably they could have more money, but they don't, mm-hmm. and they live a very simple. I mean, not simple, but they live a very prudent, yep. prudent life. Yep. But then they have these children who are like perfect Reagan era babies, exactly. Right? So so Maller or Alex is the oldest, and he is a Reagan Republican yep. and loves to talk about politics and capitalism and all those yep. th- all those types of things. Mallory is their their second and she is like the model of like the materialistic the materialism, the not not caring about education, not caring about school, not having any kind of future aspirations, having essentially I don't want to say being valueless because it's not that's not that's not a moral statement, mm-hmm. but it's more like what do you care about? And the answer is like nothing other than what's right in front of me. Right. Much to, you know, her very value minded parents' dismay. Right. And and and, sh- and sh- her character gets sort of fleshed out as you go yeah. and you sort of realize around the edge. Well she actually does have these things that she cares yes. about, right? And then they have a youngest who's Begins off as kind of a tomboy, yes, a little bit more. Starts that way, and then but... by the end of the show, she becomes like a proto goth. Yes, like, I, I remember <laughs> Jennifer. It gets bad. She like like starts reading Kierkegaard and gets really yeah. depressing towards the end because they have Andy 
in season five, yes. I think. So then they have like a cute little kid, and she's kind she's of in that awkward. Yeah, in the, she gets yeah. lost. So we feel bad for Tina Yothers. Yeah, you know, I don't know that she's probably and went like, on to the. Um, Alex and Mallory are what? Just like a year apart. Something I like that. Yeah. Like they're really close in age, and then Jennifer is like four yep. years younger or yep. so. So there's yeah. also kind of that. It's sort of always Alex and Mallory juxtaposed against each other, and. Jennifer's just in the background a bit. So the episode that we watched uh, is called Say Uncle. So this uh, this is season two, episode 14. Which I love, by the way. Yes. I love yes. It is, it's a great title it's and a great it has title. multiple meanings it as does. we go through yep. it. Now, I would love to give you a YouTube link to this, but uh, Family Ties is not something you no. can just watch for free. Um, if you have Paramount Plus, yep. Family Ties is on there. Um, you can also. I went. On, I just bought the episode on Amazon for two dollars. So, like, if you want to watch, it's worth this, it. It totally is. It's worth it, <clears throat> and it's worth it because of the person who plays Uncle Ned. Yes. So, so who who is the actor who plays Uncle Ned? Uncle Ned was played by Tom Hanks. Um, American Treasure Tom American Hanks. American Treasure Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. So um this this show, this episode has two people who became really big movie stars. Yes. Uh, one of them became one of the biggest movie stars yes. in Tom Hanks. And Michael J. Fox has a run of being a very big movie star, but he's really and more of a TV actor. He is. And I would say that they are both American icons. Mm, absolutely. Right? They're, they're entertainment icons in different ways. And yet um, there's there's some overlap, but, they're, but they are both American icons. And I would say that, you know, um, everyone recognizes their names mm-hmm. for – for something. So I was curious, kind of, we we hear Michael J. Fox, we hear Tom Hanks, and we think of, like, who they are to us now, right? Who they became. I was curious, in January of 1984, where were they? So I did a little yeah. bit of research on this. Um, so Michael J. Fox was in this, his second season of Family Ties. Um, he'd mostly done guest work on TV. I think he did like a Love Boat episode, and like, as did everybody. Exactly, as did yeah. Tom Hanks. As we'll see, like people don't have that same vehicle today, right? Like, what's the star- But you know, that's sad to me. Like, we actually, the Love Boat served a really important purpose in it, the entertainment industry. It was a vehicle for guest. You for know guest what it stars. was? It was kind of like the. Um, although I feel like Dancing with the Stars is more of um, you're either trying to make a career comeback or you're trying to launch a career. But maybe mm-hmm. the Love Boat was kind of like. I think it was a bit of both of those yeah, things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at least you got to be in scripted TV and not like dancing in front of people. This is very. Although true. there well, was dancing you, on the Lido deck, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, so he was in one TV show that I had never heard of called Palmerstown USA, which was created by Alex Haley. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I kind of want to want to building learn on more the successive roots. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This television show, Palmerstown USA. So Michael J. Fox was about to erupt into being a big star. So um, in 1985, so the year after this came, uh, after this episode oh, was boy. released, uh, he was in a movie called Teen Wolf. Um, which cost only $1.2 million to make, but made $80 million. Which is, which is crazy. Right. And it's, that's 1984 oh, that's money. 1980, right. That is crazy. When going to the movies cost you, well, there was the dollar theater and it was a literal dollar theater. But if you didn't go to the dollar theater, it maybe cost you $3. Right, $2. right. $2. So, so I that is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's probably more like a $160 million movie, if not more now. Um, yeah, I also think it's amazing that Teen Wolf actually came out before Back to the Future. Is right. that right? Yeah. Uh, I bl- uh, y- Because 
No. I believe it was it was they were, they were yeah uh, no I, the, Team Wolf came out in the summer I think okay Back to the Future came out in, in the, March in, I, I was gonna say because Teen Wolf in my mind is post I mean but that's what's funny about when they would have been filmed right. and made and produced but Teen Wolf to me seems to be riding on the success of yes. Back to the Future so when this episode comes out he's still a year away from starting filming Back to the Future okay. which which uh, there, I mean there's lots of great Back to the Future yes, history yes. where where he actually, what they wanted him and they couldn't get him because he was doing family ties. So they actually shot all these scenes with Eric Stoltz and then yes. they had to get rid of those. Which is so funny. I know. You can go on YouTube and see those. Yeah. Um, and then, so then Michael J. Fox in January of 85 starts filming Back to the Future. That movie costs almost $20 million to make. Which so, it was a lot. Yes. But it makes $390 million, Like That is. <laughs> and becomes one of the biggest so movies of the crazy. 1980s. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's a, he's. It's like he's a rocket ship on the launching pad yep. when we see this. Tom Hanks, very similar, yes. right? He's been a guest star on TV shows, um, except he did. He was the star of a yep. of a uh, season, season yeah. and a half show. Um, he was the better. He's better than I know, Peter but Scalari. we are, but we would right, agreed. So that show was <laughs> bosom buddies, bosom buddies, which is interesting because it is a buddy comedy. We call them that buddy exactly. comedies. It's called bosom buddies. I have only seen a few of those episodes in syndication and thought, think it's awful. I, I, I don't enjoy it at all. Did you, so, but was that? Did you see them as an adult or in the 1980s? No, in the 1980s. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, I gotta say. I was, and this is before. Can you just tell us the premise of the yeah, show okay. for the, because like maybe. I, <laughs> we need to, we need yeah, to. It's a very 1980s premise. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Peter Scolari, who you, who later went on to be on Newhart. Yep. Very Which funny, I love Very Newhart, funny actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hanks play friends who I think work at an ad agency. Because yep. that's very 1980s yep, as well. It sure is. And they're living in New York, but they can't, expensive. Afford, they can't afford an apartment. And they find a great apartment building with really cheap rent. But the problem is it's an apartment building for women only. Yeah. So they have to dress so in, naturally in drag and take on characters. So, um, so Tom Hanks plays both Kip Wilson and, and Buffy, Buffy Wilson. Wilson. It and, just, I think, I, it's just exhausting to yes. me. I think I just think, ah, oh, this is a lot to keep up. It's exhausting. I gotta say, I was, I, I liked Bosom Buddies as a kid. Did you? Okay. Um, and and I was a huge Tom Hanks fan long before, like. Like like mid eighties, Tom. I was I was I've huge, always loved. I was Tom a huge Hanks. fan of Tom Hanks, comedian, like comedic yeah, actor. Yeah. I was excited when he was in the movie Punchline. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's like he's. It's like kind of a serious movie, but he gets to be funny. You know, I loved him in Big, and then he like explodes. Uh, he explodes in the nineties. Yeah. Um, but at the point that he's in this episode, uh, he's been in Bosom Buddies, done guest stuff, and then he also. I need to ask if you've seen this. Okay. Um, he was in a 1982 TV movie called Mazes and Monsters. Have you seen this? I have no. Do you recall in the 1980s, uh, kind of attached to the sort of satanic panic of the 1980s, the fear about things like Dungeons and Dragons? Being... Oh, for sure, because I think I was taught to be yes. afraid of Dungeons and Dragons. So this is a movie that is part of that wave. Oh, Mazes and, and <laughs> yes. And, I just got it. <laughs> uh, it. And this movie is on YouTube. Okay. We may have to do an episode okay. on Mazes I'm, and Monsters. Okay. <laughs> I saw it in the 80s. I've watched it in the last couple of years. It's awful. And I kind of love okay. ba- baby Tom Hanks and okay. Mazes and Monsters. Okay. So he's in that. And then 1984, he's in two two hit movies, mm-hmm. Splash, Bachelor Party. Party. And then he just explodes from yep. there. So 
that's just to give some context to this. What is the rough? And we all know what happens after that. Right. <laughs> success after success. A couple of Oscars, yep. American Treasure, blah, yep. blah, blah. Um, so what is the rough storyline of, uh, of, say, Uncle? Well, so um, Uncle Ned is a beloved... I mean, he is a beloved member of the family, but you, you, he's referenced, but you don't really have a lot of exposure. Yeah, I think him. he was in two episodes in season one because okay. in this episode they reference him getting into some financial issues with his previous job, and I think that was an arc in season a two episode arc in season one. Yeah, and he is um, Alex idolizes him. Mm-hmm. Um, is definitely something that we. We need to know that there's this idolization of Uncle Ned. He's very loving. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the perfect, like, cool uncle. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so he comes to town, but he has this black mark on his career. Like He had been, they talk about in the episode how he had spoken before the World Bank and he was a junior vice president I, and all these things. I just got to pause. I'm blown away, actually, by how much gets built into one like like such a short episode. Yes. That's like, okay. okay. They, yes. they, so, they do a lot of work. They do it's, a lot yeah. of work. Yes. So um so he comes to town and they're excited because Steven's going to get him uh, a job interview at the TV station yep. and Steven thinks he'd be great at it. Yep. And I will say Tom Hanks walks into this uh, into the kitchen and blows the door off everyone. Um and he just is such a go- he's such a good physical actor, right? He mm-hmm. just so uses his body language. And yeah. what and I tried to, I watched this a couple times and the first time I was just sort of like it was it was overwhelming the energy he brought. And I'm thinking I was thinking man, he's so overqualified to be in the I mean he wasn't overqualified, yes. but like you could see you could see what he was going to become. Yeah. Now, what's interesting... And, and we need to know that this is often... Um, the kitchen is the heart of the home mm-hmm. in family ties, so it's not unusual at all that a character comes in through the back door in yes. the kitchen. And, like, and we can talk about the geography of the family ties house because it's bananas. It is. I don't care. <laughs> but I, as I watch this again, I paid, I paid attention to like, is he getting better jokes than other people? And he's not. No. He's just selling them it's like crazy. Delivery. Yep. And he's pulling everybody up along with him. Because yep. this is not a show you watch for great acting but no, but he but is bringing yeah. a kind of energy yes. he's, he's bringing a kind of energy to it so he comes in they talk about this interview and uh the first thing you notice when he comes in and he, t- he tells alex to grab him a beer right and right. then get go right. right from the get-go mm. so then throughout that evening with uncle ned they're all excited it's it, it is actually a great picture of when that relative you really yep. love comes to town they yep. play a game of trivial pursuit yep. which is super the, 1980s yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you just notice, like, Ned keeps drinking. Yep. And he keeps, like, making jokes about And getting drinking. a little bit more animated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's a couple comments made about it, but, you know, not not too much. And, you know, Stephen even cracks a beer with him after 10, yep. <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> well, again, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the grand, my mom's theory on, yes. you know, yeah. after 9, that's yes. when we let loose. So then the the next important scene is that in the middle of the night, we see Alex, who we, we find out is pulling an all-nighter to study for a high school economics test, which also seems very 19. I'm not sure I people know. pull all-nighters Nighters for high school for, tests. Yeah. And um, so he goes into the kitchen and he realizes that Ned has been sitting there in the dark with a bottle in front of him. So he's continued to just drink, drink. this whole time. Yep. Uh, and there's this uh, big confrontational scene. It's very funny still because Hanks is actually doing the manic energy of some of – 
particular kinds of drunks really well. And this is the brilliance of it because it's that performance and it's that manic energy where we as the audience are feeling what Alex is feeling, which is like I part of me is getting suspicious and worried. And at the same time, I want to be... I want to be along for the ride with who I know you to be, mm-hmm. and I want to. I want this part to win, so mm-hmm. to speak. And yeah. it's important to note that, I mean, he he's dialing up and down the tension, but it's still funny. It's yes. still like like it is. He he is still a a very funny, charming yes. person. But there are moments of like menace, almost right? In but it. but his comments are funny, mm-hmm. so that's where we keep. But then to your point, like. His emotions change. His emotions change on a dime. It's a bit as if this performance by Tom Hanks needs to encapsulate every version of like personality and alcohol that there can be. Exactly, and they don't. They don't have a lot of time. So like, like it is. It's over the top. If if you actually chart the the emotional journey he goes on over the Uh, course of this, you know, four or five minutes. But it's but it's great. Now I need a little sidebar here uh, because this happens in a lot of Family Ties episodes in the kitchen. Do you pay attention to what Alex the the sandwich well, Alex is making they for make two in the so morning? So many sandwiches on this show, and it's like that is quite a sandwich for yeah. what a, what a late night this <laughs> There's is. There's just a lot of stacking of Lots lettuce of stacking. and meats. There's always a lot of lettuce. <laughs> yeah, because I think it like pops off the screen. Well, really exactly. Well. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah, it looks yeah. real good. <laughs> so Alex has this moment, and to the point where, and this is one of the things I remember as a kid watching this episode. They run out of beer, and he goes into the pantry and starts rummaging around. Like, frantically, what can you find in here? There's got to be something. That has alcohol in it. He drinks a bottle of vanilla. vanilla. You know? And this, I remember as a kid making me wonder, is there alcohol, like, in other things in my cupboard? And, yeah, like... Yeah, I got I got very like I re- like that stuff's burned into my head. Um and then we cut to the next morning and uh Alex is really concerned about Ned. Ned seems pretty normal. Yeah. You know, and he tells his mom Which again is showing us something, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's the functioning exactly. alcoholic. Exactly. And he tells his mom and what is what is Elise's response to Alex sort of talking about his brother? Her She's brother? in denial about it. She doesn't and this this becomes a very interesting moment because Alex of all, I mean, you know, Alex is this has always been an adult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the kid, but he's an adult. And so here's this moment which again, I think is what we're sort of supposed to relate to of Alex as a child is relaying something truthful a a moment of concern the adult is the one saying you can't be right about this yeah she's in total denial about it sure he drinks but he's he doesn't have a drinking problem problem. yeah right yes like yes he drinks but you don't know what a drinking problem is this isn't a drinking problem so then stuff plays out some great jokes about socks and everybody (laughs) (laughs) everybody leaves and then it's elise confronting her brother ned right and Mm -hmm. And he does the like, oh, I can stop anytime I want. And and this is like another serious moment where she says, tells him, well, then stop now. Right. And, and it's almost like she dares him and he goes and he dumps the glass out and you're like, okay, like – Again, as a kid, yep. not knowing how stories work, I'm like, oh, that must have there worked. There we go. That was now we can get on and this to is like how the we solve alcoholism, right? <laughs> right exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move to the interview and we have uh, again like manic drunk yep. Tom Hanks. Uh, very rarely depressive drunk, manic yes, drunk. Yes, manic Tom drunk Hanks. is definitely more his thing. Um, and and it's a it is a it's a very funny. Again, at this point, the at this point the the drinking is still leading to comedy. Yes, and I think that's an important note here is that 
for for the first we haven't got to the very special episode part too hard yet it's gonna come but right now we're seeing him basically tank this interview and i think that that's again i think that is um that's some of the i'm gonna give some of that props just to tom hanks that's some of the brilliance here because we have to continue to love this character Mm -hmm. right so we have to continue to ned is still ned this is there's so many awesome things about ned and they need us to hang in there with Ned mm-hmm. as things beca- as things just spiral right out of control. Right. But now the problem has moved out of the home, home and it's in, into, into Stephen's workplace. And it's workplace. going to affect Stephen. Yes. yes. And yes. we care about Stephen. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so we see Stephen then come home at the end of the day and Ned isn't there yet. And he tells them about how Stephen or how Ned basically like, sabotaged this right. interview. Then Ned comes in with a bottle of champagne and he's still clearly – Still clearly pretty drunk, right? But but we start to get, as they start to talk through what happened, now we get reflective, depressed Ned, Ned a little bit. Yes. He's like, they were never going to give me that job after this. And like, you guys are the perfect ones and I'm the big screw up. And, you know, so, so now we're starting to move into very special episode territory. But it doesn't come until what, what is the big moment when we move to, uh, when we cross the line into this is now... A very special episode. Well, we've established that Ned and Alex have this really close relationship, that there's this this idolization of Uncle Ned. And ultimately, Ned hits Alex. Yeah. I mean, so so there's this like violent lash out. Which is getting us to our last component of alcoholism that has not surfaced yet, right? Which is like the physically physically out of control towards someone else. Mm -hmm. So this, I mean, I completely remember, I, I... you know, to your point, I don't remember the first time I saw this episode. I only have a compilation of the number of times I've seen this episode, but it was shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it they built the relationship in such a way that this was hor- like mm-hmm. gut, you know, like a like truly like kind of gut punch. Um, this is off. Like we've just gone dark right now. And, and, and it's interesting. Interesting. You say and there's go- nothing funny here. You know. Okay, you just said the two most important okay. things. You said it's gone dark and it's not funny because yep. up to this point. Hanks has been a ball yep. of manic comic yep. energy, even even drunk Hanks self-sabotaging. Yep. All of a sudden, the live studio audience plus Sweet and Laugh Track is gone. gone. Right? And and it just becomes the serious thing. And you see like Hanks – or you see Ned kind of weepy and like in instant regret because of what he's done. And they needed to do this because if they didn't do the the, the hit – the alcoholism plays as too funny. Yep. And all of a sudden it's like, nope, this is serious. So this is even, I mean, as a kid, this is when I would like sit up straighter in my chair and like, okay, here's, this is the lesson part. And I did that when I watched it this week. Well, and it's not very often that you are watching a sitcom and you experience what is obviously a very intentional moment of discomfort and not discomfort in a like, oh, they just made a joke that like sometimes for my children, there might be jokes that are either over their head or they're maybe overly sexual and my my boys just kind of want nothing to do with that so there's this there's this embarrassed discomfort but this is like this is discomfort we've turned everything on its head and now you don't know what to do audience you know or person viewing this because we have intentionally taken this to the dark place that now is making everything stop. Right. And just to make it clear to us as as kids watching this, there's another There's, in, there's a line no, here. Right. There's yeah. another big indicator because we need to we need to talk about Michael Gross, Stephen Keaton as like Michael Gross. the great the like one of the great TV dads of well, all time. Well, they're great parents in yes. general. Like I I still want them to yeah. be my parents. But he because Stephen often um just a quick note about Stephen. 
you know, Stephen is a, this, he's this strong dad. And, you know, at the same time, sometimes he gets framed as sort of a pushover. Again, he, you know, just kind of is doing his thing, driving his Volvo and doing his thing. But this is where it's like, oh, no, this is my kid. You So Stephen just jumps in and, I mean, like – yells like either you get some help or you get the hell out of my house and the hell like it, it's it, the hell it's, but yeah it, this mm. and, it, and it feels like you're watching a stage drama now because because it still has the like kind of echoey's not the right sense but it sounds like something that's before a live studio audience but all but all of that is gone so so you feel like you're watching a play and in 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 different episodes which we will not go into now family ties does play with that mm-hmm. dynamic like they do that they play with the lighting they mm-hmm. play with the sound so this is we are supposed to be wholly focused on this moment and now steven's taking control right right yeah. and, and and i will say which as I a love. kid like i even get a good yeah. feeling right now thinking about it and like and like he's not somebody who's gonna say the word hell and when he says no. it here like again you stand up straighter and you're like oh okay this is yes this is serious now yeah right because this is a 1980s hell yeah right that 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 he's saying there i was this is terrible but i was also just thinking about how much i liked Meredith Baxter, Bernie's hair in those early years. But anyway, I know. <laughs> so then to, to know, conclude sorry. the episode, like they keep trying to get him to call, call AA, AA and he walks up to the phone. And as he's walking up to the phone, he makes one more joke about saying like, oh, Lisa, will, you know, give me a chance to meet women or something. Right. And there's like a little bit of laugh from the audience. Yeah, but it's, but really it's subdued. subdued. Then he picks up the phone, makes another joke as if he's doing a prank call, which we talked about last episode, right? Dead silence. Dead silent, no yeah. laugh. And then he says, "I'm my name is Ned Donnelly, and I have a drinking problem." Cut. Like we freeze yep, on that end scene. Yeah, and uh, which again is is how Family Ties's um, construction, filming, and editing was would take some you know would take some direction from theater productions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I watched this with uh, one of the listeners to our show, my brother, this weekend, and. Uh, and and when it stopped there, he was like, "Is that the end?" And I was like, "Yeah, there's like there isn't a button on the end of the episode. It is that because that's the thing that we needed to see. Yep. That's the thing we needed to. And learn. that's where the story ends, at least in terms of what's being told in this episode. <laughs> I love. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> is I, it, does oh, anything do this anymore? Well, that's what I don't. But see, here's what's here's what I was gonna say bad, but that's not right. I don't know. You know, I don't know because um, there's nothing I there, like. There's nothing I watch that's trying to do this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Are, like when I think of the shows we watch as a family, um, none of them are kind of playing the sort of universal role that I feel like an '80s sitcom tried to play in your life. Meaning that it was there to make you feel less lonely. It was there to make you laugh. It was there to provide a source of joy. It was there to. Um, sort of expose you to the world. It was there to make you think. Mm-hmm. But then it was also there to be like, but there's really important issues in the world and we want to make sure we do our part and sort of like educating you about it. Like, like what type of show sees itself as actually needing to fulfill all of those roles? Right, because there's a kind of, not even a kind of, there's a definite earnestness to like 1980s media. We'll use yes. that, word, that word again, media, right? Where I feel like, and maybe this is a product of growing up with that type of uh, media pounded into us. Because, like, you get enough of these things and it starts to have an effect on you where I feel like our generation makes this kind of ironic turn on these things, right? Where it's like you could only do a very special episode now if you were lampooning the idea of a very, a very special, special episode. episode. Yeah. Right. And part of the death of this is 
uh, quite frankly, is like Larry David with Seinfeld when yeah. he, he told his writers, no hugs, no lessons. Like, like this show is not going to be that. Yeah. And that really becomes the template. Like, could you imagine a very special episode of 30 Rock? Well, no, it wouldn't. No, that's just it. Because the, the role it's supposed to play, you know, I mean, but you and I have some shows that we I mean, I... I love Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I love Parks and Rec, but that's not that would be ridiculous mm-hmm. if Parks and Rec and tried that's to like even a take a moment. Obama oh no, era agreed. Show. Yeah. But do, but that would be ridiculous mm-hmm. if um, Parks and Rec was going to take a moment to try to teach us something. Right, right, right. Or if they were going to teach us, it would have to be so woven in in a that's weird what I mean. way. Because these characters and family ties, like this, they pull this off. Like the, the episode was meaningful to me in rewatching it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was like, because I actually thought to myself, oh, I I mean, I watched it by myself because my kids have no frame of reference. But then I thought, but for this for this episode to have value for them, I actually need to start that, you know, mm-hmm. I got to start them on Family Ties. I just, I can't right. just throw them into this episode. And this is it, episode 36 of exactly. Family Ties. It's so not going to happen. But that's, but that's a really, like what shows do that? Yeah, yeah. But I don't I the, you're right, the function has just sort of completely changed. And maybe it's just the sheer fact that the volume of shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't the same as everybody would whether you watched it or not. Everybody knew what was on television on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8. I mean, everyone knew. That, that's interesting to think about, that is there a kind of responsibility that came with monoculture? Where it's oh, like, I think this so. Is the, there's, there's only so many things on, and if you're one of those things, you have a responsibility beyond yeah. just entertaining. Well, I think we also did not um, have, you know, today, and we certainly have seen this, I, th- I feel like it's changing a little bit now, and... In many cases, people herald Schitt's Creek, which I really enjoy as as may- maybe a shift back to we can have characters that, yes, they're flawed, but ultimately they're people we like. They're not morally flawed in ways mm-hmm. that make it, you know, I mean, but we kind of had that moment for the last decade where it's like, no, let's just actually show people who um, – like they're morally depraved in such a way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the worst of the worst of human nature and there's nothing redeeming about them. And that's actually what we want you to somehow. I mean, I don't think the word is connect. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When we look at family ties, we saw all of the sort of flip sides of these people, but like we bought into what they were selling to us. There's not antiheroes in in family ties. No, no. And I don't think, and I kind of miss that. Yeah, I do. But although I just don't know, I, I don't. I it feels like that bell is on. It, you can't. You can't. Oh yeah, no, it. I don't yeah. disagree. But yeah. but I think that I'm agreeing with your point. And to bring it back, that there was sort of a responsibility that came from like the the monocultural nature of our national entertainment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like even if my mom didn't really watch Family Ties very often. Which she did not. My mom knew of family ties. And should she sit and watch with us, would already know, sure. you know, the premise and who the who the actors were and what the, the point sort of was. Yeah. And that's interesting because that just would not be the case now. So we've talked about a vi- the I idea feel emotionally of, tired. I know. Right this, now. Yeah. You know why? Because this has been a very special episode. It has been right? a very special episode. And that's what episode. it's supposed to do to you. We're not here to that make is. you laugh. We're I didn't not, hear anybody no, laughing. I didn't hear anybody laughing. Yeah. This is this is serious. This is earnest. Where, this is. So I actually really I really enjoyed watching this and it makes me want to uh not all of the time, but occasionally dive back into some of these oh, yeah. some of these pieces because there is this this like 
physical response I had to watching this thing that I haven't seen in 25 years, but it was like, wow, it just took me all the way back there. I hope that people, people who listen, um, I want them to enjoy any, again, as I said last week, I want them to enjoy any small thing they might find enjoyable. Um, what I like about how we're approaching this podcast, though, is that as we were as we were sort of conceiving of it, what direction do we want it to take? What form do we want it to take? You know, you certainly could. You could do an entire podcast about family ties. You could do an entire podcast breaking down different strokes. But that's what I feel like I'm enjoying about this is, you know, it wasn't too early for the very special episode about the very special episode of Family Ties. And the idea, I don't want to limit us and say, we're not going to return to other very special episodes. Mm-hmm. Or we're not going to one week have an episode that might just be about something that came up in different strokes or a specific episode of different strokes. So I um I tend to like one thing I was hesitant with doing this episode was that um for me, the anticipation of something is half the enjoyment. And then I think, well, I'd be sad that we already did that episode. Like, should we have saved this for, for later? But I'm I right now want to rest in the comfort that no, we can do this again. Mm-hmm. Like we will yeah. we will do this again. Yeah. Because I spent most of the nineteen eighties watching different strokes and well, family exactly. ties and all of these things. So um yeah. So uh I would say if you listen to this and 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 this is this brought up memories to you, go if you can spend the two dollars and like watch this because like yes. I, it was kind of great and I mean you can watch clips of it on YouTube too so you could just do a search for family ties say uncle and yeah. you can see some clips and of it but but if nothing else you get baby Tom Hanks and it's like that's which also is pretty delightful. great. And we, in a future episode, will have to return to just the sets of 80s sitcoms because we could do an entire episode about the house that the Keatons live in and specifically the kitchen. I actually, yeah, I think, okay, and and this is, we've we've often talked about segments to do on this show. And one of them that I think we can do pretty regularly is on-air production meeting, which is what we're kind of doing right now. Like, I kind of want to do that. Um, Yes. So if if you're listening and you have... Um, sitcom, 80s TV sitcom sets you would like us yes, to discuss. Yes, down. Email us, channel 3900 at gmail.com, um, because I this is a thing that fascinates me. Oh, because, and it's just fun. It's just fun. Yep, because they are spaces I am intimately familiar with, even though logically they don't make sense. Oh, no, not at all. And yeah. especially... Um, my favorite is, and you know, again, we'll get into it, but um, talking about how the images we always see of the exterior of a house. Yes. <laughs> how I used to dissect and be like, that makes, it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Like it makes no sense. And just as <laughs> how you walk into the house and it's like, there's the stairwell. It so clearly is not where the stairwell could be. Yes. And just as a teaser, if you watch this episode of Family Ties, notice that the Keaton's front door and back door are on the same side exactly. of the house. Exactly. Yep. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Annie. Or, or Annie. That's okay. <laughs> I do a lot of podcasts. You do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> well, Amy. <laughs> This has been very fun. Um, but it be- but very serious. Yes, yes. Yeah, let's not. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and very special. And very special. So um, in the immortal words of Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough. Oh, the tough get going. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for listening to Latchkey Kids. Email us at channel3900 at gmail.com and subscribe to the Channel 3900 Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.